From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Three years ago, the word pandemic jumped into our vocabulary. So today we're doing a History in Your Hands segment with Teresa Paglione, archaeologist, who's done a lot of research on European diseases that were brought to the New World, creating their own pandemics. Teresa, thank you for joining us by Skype. Thank you, Carolyn. It's wonderful to be back. And I'm hoping to inform members of Alabama and possibly Florida and Georgia's public about some of the archaeology and what we know and how we know it. Well, your previous interview about what happened with Spanish flu and World War I got some really interesting feedback. And today we want to drop back even further into history because you've been doing some research on Europeans bringing diseases to the New World. This is something that's always been debated in in anthropology and especially archaeology because we know that there were European diseases that basically decimated the indigenous population of the Americas, going from smallpox, measles, whooping cough, chickenpox, even the bubonic plague, typhus, and malaria were just a few of them that were brought from the old world where most of the Europeans had suffered for centuries and built up some kind of immunity, what everybody else is now calling herd immunity. They had no natural immunity to a lot of these diseases. And in fact, one of the uh, researchers about the effects of diseases in America says before the invasion of the peoples of the New World by the pathogens that were from the inhabitants of the Old World, Native Americans lived in a relatively disease-free environment. Everyone goes back to the time of Columbus. Who really brought these things initially to the New World? There's evidence of small bouts of epidemics, not pandemics, that have come over with some of the early fur trading along the Newfoundland coast and along the Pacific coast from Russia and other places where they were trading. But they were largely confined. But when it became a pandemic was with Columbus and his ships. We know that his second ship's arrival brought disease to the islands. And his third ship definitely decimated large populations of the indigenous. The Taino lived on the island of Hispaniola, where he was, and they were completely wiped out by smallpox. Now, genetically, populations of the Taino have been found in Cuba and a few other places along the Central American coast. So we know those people existed, and we have some DNA from archaeological studies. So the people as a culture disappeared completely. They are extinct. And that is the one thing that some of these pandemics, when we say they're sweeping through the populations, we don't even know who the peoples were that completely disappeared that we have no record of. We can surmise what's going on when we see settlements abandoned wholesale in areas. And in the southeast, of course, that occurred when uh, De Soto and other Spanish explorers came traipsing through the southeast. There were villages that dis- disappeared. And the records from the gentlemen Elvis and others, they record how many people lived in the area. And then just 50 years later, we have other Spanish explorers and they're like, well, there's nobody here. And that is because disease that was brought by the Spanish soldiers that were with De Soto spread throughout the communities. Teresa, you mentioned De Soto landing here in the southeast. 
And I've read that Columbus's second voyage brought swine flu in 1493. And of course, we have contended with swine flu in this century. Yes, that's another one of those things that we've, over the last 400 years or more, the swine flu has not been as devastating. Plus, we actually have vaccines nowadays. But yeah, the second voyage of Columbus brought in pigs. And that is where we get the name swine flu, because it's coming from the pigs. Talk to us about numbers. When we're saying the New World, tell us about how many, population-wise, Native Americans were killed. Well, estimates vary because we don't have written records, but we can surmise some things from the number of settlements and areas where people were living. The populations can be as low as 8 million to as many as 110 million So we have a range there, but it's hard to estimate. But we do know from some of the Spanish records there were in Central and South America and even California, Alaska, Hawaii, and even Hopi and Pueblo. When the Spanish were there, they had records of how many people were there. And we have estimates that Central Mexico's population fell from 15 million to 1.5 million in 100 years just because of disease. And among the Spanish, they set up Spanish missions along the California coast, and they kept good records. And we have an estimate of two out of every three Native Americans died associated with these mission populations. In South America, we know 90% of the population had basically died by 1568 from disease, mostly smallpox. This is shocking. Bring it forward. What is the archaeological record showing today and what is going on today to trace this story? I keep saying we have settlement patterns. We look at how many villages showing this particular culture that's identified by archaeological artifacts, what they look like, how they were designed, how big the pots were, things like that will actually tell us a little bit. If you see pot sizes going from a family or small community of Native Americans the number of pots starts declining and or even the size of the pots because this is their cooking, you can estimate that, oh, they're not cooking for 30 or 50 people. They're cooking for 12 or 15. And you can see a population decline like that. In St. Augustine, Dr. Kathleen Deegan, who's been researching down there for the last 40 years at least, used the different pottery styles and types to estimate what the population was The decline in the pottery types and the size of the bowls corresponded to epidemics going through the St. Augustine population, European and Native Americans, you know, in the 15, 1600s. You know, a lot of people these days are doing DNA tracking to find out what's in their background. Is any of this being applied to research for Native Americans? Well, yeah, there's there's one finding that it's always been debated was syphilis going from the new world to the old world or the old world to the new world. And it was really in serious debate of whether or not some skeletal remains showed syphilis in Europe beforehand. But they've done some DNA studies and actually have found out that syphilis can be traced back to a specific area in South America. So it was a new world disease that went the other way. It was a two-way street, although when you look at it, it seems like most of the indigenous population in the New World was decimated by what the Old World brought compared to what the New World contributed to 
the old world population. By old world, I mean, you know, Europe mostly. The message seems to be respect the power of pandemics. Teresa, I want to thank you for your research and for sharing that research with your listeners in this History in Your Hands segment by Skype. My pleasure, Carolyn. Thank you for asking me, and hopefully we can do this again soon. Joining us by Skype was archaeologist Teresa Paglione for History in Your Hands, a series created with input from the Alabama Archaeological Society. More information about the nonprofit organization can be found at the website, alabamaarchaeology.org. The program you just heard was originally broadcast in August of 2020 when we were all learning about the meaning of the word pandemic. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.